After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, JJ Cooper, Kyle Glazer here. We're back again. We wrapped up the 2023 season on the Baseball America podcast. Now we're looking ahead to the playoffs. We wanted to kind of get all this done before the wild card series start. We don't want to be predicting things after we actually have some information, we have the rosters are coming out as we're recording this, which I always find fun. Junior Caminero, Orion Keckering, Davis Schneider. It's cool to see these, not just rookies, but in some cases, guys who who have, in, in Keckering's case, like an, a minute and a half, in Caminero's case, a minute and a half of Major League time, who are still talent is talent, and, and they make these rosters. But it's going to be a very fun month. We are very excited. We always love October. But Kyle, as you look at this, what is the thing, what what are you most excited or what are you most interested to see as we head into a month of wall-to-wall baseball playoffs? Yeah, I mean, there's so many storylines this postseason that are really, really fascinating to me. One of which is, is this the year we finally see a small market team actually win the World Series? I've written about this extensively in the wildcard era. 27 of the 30 champions were teams that ranked in the top half of payroll. The only team to ever rank in the uh, 20 to 30 range in payroll win a World Series in the wild card era is the 2003 Marlins. You look at this year, the team with the best record in the American League, the Orioles, the team with the second best record in the American League, the Rays. Um, you know, you have the Brewers who have been playing really good baseball. I think it'll be really interesting to see if this is the year maybe one of the small market teams finally vaults over the top. Uh, you know, you look and see, can the Astros be the first team to repeat since the 98 to 2000 Yankees? Is this finally the year the Twins win a playoff game? I think it is, but um, it really kind of is crazy, this streak of, of 18 straight postseason losses dating back to 2004 now. I, I do think one of the biggest things that will determine what happens on the field, though, is just the pitching injuries. I mean, the list of guys who are either out or questionable for the start of the postseason and, and potentially all of it, I mean, it would be a pretty good all-star team. I mean, just running down the list, you know, Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, Shane McClanahan, John Gray, Max Fried, Charlie Morton, Julio Urias for, for other reasons, obviously, Sandy Alcantara. I mean, there's so many really, really, really talented pitchers who will not be pitching this postseason. And that includes relievers too. You look at Felix Bautista with the Orioles. He was so huge to their success. So, I mean, just the sheer number of talented arms who are going to be out or or are questionable for when they might return. And if they do return, how good are they going to be? 
Um, it, it's kind of crazy. And I think that it's really going to be a little bit of last man standing a little bit. Cause we all know, you know, this is also a time when, when pitchers get hurt through the postseason too. And so many starting rotations for these contenders are already thin. They have a chance to get even thinner. There is a little bit of a survivor status here, uh, just with the way the pitching injuries have shaken out over the course of this year. Yeah, I do look at this, and I, so many of these teams enter the playoffs not with the rotations that they expected. And in some cases, I mean, that's that's going to, okay, teams are just going to adjust and move on. But I do think that we're going to look back on this when, it's, when the dust clears, and we're going to say, yeah, that team is going to absolutely, or this team is going to absolutely look back and go, you know, what would it have been like if we'd have had our guys? Um, some of that is, which is, is not even going to be, the wild card round, but like I look at the Braves and their lineup and go, that's the best lineup that we're probably ever going to see. However, even the guys who are going to pitch for them, even the guys who we expect to be quote healthy are guys in a lot of cases who have barely pitched recently because of all the injuries, the Max Freeds and all the world where you're, it could work out fine, but we could also say like, oh, there was some rust there. Oh, he wasn't at 100%. All these kind of things that that could shake out. You mentioned like you look at the Dodgers and it's like this: the Dodgers rotation in the postseason is probably not going to be anything like what we would have projected it to be other than Clayton Kershaw when the season began. This is going to be fascinating to watch, but obviously some of that's still to come. And beginning today, we have we have – we have a cavalcade of baseball. We have four games today. Uh, begins with Rangers Rays, followed soon thereafter by Blue Jays Twins. This is a day that you have to have two screens. I'm sorry, but like, no, unless you're a fan, I get it. If you're a fan of a specific team, it's like, I'm going to focus on that game. But there will be two screens running at my house all day once this gets going because we have these games staggered by an hour. So then we have uh, D-backs Brewers and we have Marlins Phillies uh, in the nightcap is an eight o'clock Eastern start, five o'clock Pacific. There's not a, a, a late night game here uh, to, to, to focus on or anything like that. So as we kind of dive into this, we're going to start, we're going to go kind of chronologically on this. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website, I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And we're back. So, Kyle. We've got Rangers and Rays starting this off. And when I look at this, you would say that, okay, the Rays are back. And speaking of teams whose pitching staffs are going to be very different than what we would expect, as you detailed with the Drew Rasmussen's and the Jeffrey Springs and many, many injuries. The Rangers also have injuries. But these are two teams that have been, uh, you know, again, very consistently look like playoff teams most of the year although the rangers did tail off at a little end of the year the rays had a terrible bullpen at the start of the year they ended the year with a very good bullpen the rangers kind of had a bad bullpen all year which is kind of their one little real achilles heel the lineup's been great all year uh especially when you look at that middle infield of uh of seager and Semyon. but as you look at this series what stands out to you and then i'll i'll ask you okay who do you think wins it yeah, I think what stands out is the way the Rays are built with their current starting pitcher health. They're built much better for a short three-game series than they would be a, uh, a best-of-five or especially a best-of-seven series just because they only have two healthy starting pitchers right now who are effective. Tyler Glasnow and Zach Leff Eflin, who are very, very good. But look, Taj Bradley has not been very good. Aaron Savale, big trade deadline addition, had an ERA over five and ten starts. You know, Zach Littell is is fine but in a perfect world he's your your swingman spot starter you probably don't want him starting a, a potentially decisive game three so I, I think it's a situation where you know the rangers have the offense to potentially take advantage um you know efflin and glass now well, glass and efflin i should say is, is no easy task i do think the rangers are the better team despite the win totals but the way they tailed off at the end of the season i mean they had a chance to win the aos they dropped three or four to the mariners to lose it and instead of getting a buy through the first round, they're now in the wild card series. I mean, they're pretty gassed after going for it here toward the end. And they're starting pitching. We talk about Max Scherzer's on the IL, John Gray's on the IL, Jake DeGrom's been on the IL most of the year. You know, they still do have some good arms and give them credit. They built some good starting pitching depth. You still have Nate Uvalde. Jordan Montgomery was one of the best deadline acquisitions. Dane Dunning had a good year. You know, guys like Martin Perez and Andrew Heaney, they're veterans. They, they've been okay. They haven't been great. They've done a little starting, a little bullpen. But I actually think for all the injuries, the Rangers rotation is in better shape than the Rays. And they have a better offense than the Rays. So I, I think a, a lot of people are picking the Rays because they see the win total. I, I do think the Rangers are actually the more talented team and better shape health-wise. But just the way they finished, I mean, that that's a gut punch. And I'm going to be really, really curious to see how they respond. You know, is this going to be like the team who thought they were going to the Rose Bowl, they lose their last game, end up in the Holiday Bowl, and they're just so bummed by it, and they, they don't come out their best? Or are they going to take it personally and say, we're better than this, and take their frustrations out on the Rays? Um, a Bruce Bochy managed team, I'm, I'm going to bet on the latter. But um, that, that, to me, is going to be one of the biggest things to watch is just you know, are, did the Rays, excuse me, the Rangers, how much of a gut punch was the way they finished and how did they bounce back from that? 
I, I'm picking the Rays, and the thing I'll say about them that I, I think is kind of the sneaky part of this is how good their lineup is. Now, obviously, there's Jose Siri is on this roster. We don't know though; he's coming back off of injury. Uh, Luke Rayleigh is not on this roster, uh, the 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 wild card roster. But this is a team that, like last year, I thought was the, the their lack of power was uh, very apparent. And then they turned around this year and they had 10 guys who reached double digits and home runs. Um, it's a very deep lineup. I would say more than it's not like there's okay. You can't let like the, you know, it's not that the Yankees, well, you can't let Aaron judge beat you. Gandhi Diaz is a really good hitter. Uh, he's, he's excellent, but this is a lineup where pretty much on a general day, one through nine, uh, you, you don't know who's going to be the one who might hurt you today. And I think that really, I think they match up. They were second in the uh, AL in run scored this year, which I, I think is kind of a shocking number. Uh, if you haven't paid, you know, like, well, how did they do that? Because again, it's more of a, it's not like a stars. It's more of a, a lineup where there's just guy after guy after guy who can uh, cause damage. I agree with you that I, I would love to, if I was the Rays, I would love to have a little bit more starting pitching than I do, but especially in a wild card series, especially with the quality of their bullpen in comparison to Texas's bullpen. I think I'm, that's why I'm taking the Rays. is I do think that these are two very good lineups. I do think in a three game, you know, in, in a, in a short series, the, the Rays lack of three and four starters that you really want to have out there is less important. It is still important if you go to game three, obviously, but I, I just do look at this and say, I, I think that the Rays, Especially, they're going to throw a bazillion bullpen arms at you from all different angles, from all different abilities, all different ways they do it. And especially in a short series, I think that that could be useful. But again, for we will throw a, a capper on all of this. Take any ball series here. Really could say that anything could happen. But even in these short series like this, anything could happen. Because you could take the Oakland A's and put them against the Dodgers or the Braves. And it if you did this 15 times, at some point they probably would win one of them. It's baseball. It's kind of crazy how much can happen here. But that's a perfect segue into our second series. It's actually okay, one thing I, well, there's one other that. thing I, I want to raise here, JJ, that yeah. is important for the series. The Rays have the best home record of any team in the American League this year, which is kind of surprising because I don't think anyone would look at Tropicana Field and think of that as a great home field advantage uh, given their attendance issues. But but I think that's something else to consider here is the Rays were exceptional at home this year. And obviously a wild card series, they're, um, you know, they're going to be home for all three of these. I, again, I'm going to pick the Rangers, but it's a very, very loose pick. I, I do think the way that this is setting up for the Rays, short series, all of them at home, uh, certainly plays out in their favor in a lot of ways. So the that our next series that we have that starts at 438 Eastern, what stands out to you? The Blue Jays are the, the wild card team. The Twins are the division champion. At the same time, when you look at wins and losses, the Blue Jays won more games than the Twins. Who has the edge here in your in your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, on paper, I would look at it and say the Blue Jays. They play in a much tougher division. They have, you know, on paper, again, um, probably a, a better lineup. But the Twins have been playing really, really good baseball since the All-Star break. 
the Twins had the third best record in the American League behind only the Orioles and the Rays. And I will say one of the things that's interesting about the series, and we talk about you know, all the pitching injuries, these are two teams that have pretty much their opening day rotations going for them. And you can argue the Blue Jays, one to four, have the strongest pitching staff left in the field. Not one, you no, know, not top two, but one to four. You look at Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman, Yusei Kikuchi. That's a huge, huge advantage. I actually think this is the closest series and the most difficult one to pick. Um, I, I do think ultimately at the end of the day, I, I like the Blue Jays a little bit more. Again, this is the team that was just, you know, a little bit better over the course of the year, played tougher competition over the course of the year. And, and the fact that they have, you know, four really good starters, you know, if they if it gets to a game three, it's going to be edge Blue Jays just because while the Twins certainly have two great starters and Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, you know, Joe Ryan's a good pitcher. He, he was not great this year. Um, you know, some of the other options, Bailey Ober, Kenta Maeda, again, all solid guys, but but the Blue Jays certainly would have an edge in a game three. And I think games one and two, you know, you could say slight edge twins, but all these guys are so good. It wouldn't surprise me if, if anyone on the Blue Jays outpitched their counterpart there. Um, this is going to be a great pitching series. And that's what I'm really, really looking forward to, seeing some great matchups starting with game one here today. Um, I'm going to pick the Blue Jays, but, but again, I actually think this is the hardest series to pick. And, and if someone picked the twins, I don't think they're crazy. I'm going to go the opposite again here. I'm going to go with the twins. Um, one of the things I'm going to be interested to see in this series is the twins bullpen at the start of this year, I felt was a real issue for them. And now as we get to the postseason, I think that it could be kind of potentially a strength. Juan Duran is, he's really good at the back end. But the, the thing that stands out to me about this is, is getting a Brock Stewart back, getting Chris Paddock, who just came off of the IL. Maeda may be pitching out of the pen, something he's had some experience doing in the past. I think that they are a much deeper bullpen with quality arms, with a lot of Vila. Louis Varland is another guy who I, I feel like there are probably going to be people watching this wildcard series who don't pay a whole lot of attention to the, to the centrals who go, who's this guy? And you're going to see like 99, uh, you know, with a, with a low nineties uh, cutter. That's really good. Like there's a number of guys here who wear. And the other key part of this is, is I do believe now we'll see, I haven't seen a twins roster yet. They've had some also injuries on the, on the uh, lineup side. Like we, is Royce Lewis healthy? Is Carlos Correa healthy? Byron Buxton, we pretty much know is not healthy. Um, so like we have, Guys like that, we don't know what we're going to see from them. But I think this is also a pretty deep lineup. Uh, I do feel like that that they have, again, more, I, I like depths of lineups in the postseason because having those, those, those innings where you don't have the heart of your lineup up and you still scratch across a run or two or three because you have the depth here, I, I think is very important. Um, I do think that this is, like you said, a very close series i think that this absolutely could go either way but i just i, I think at the end of the day I, I would say i i feel like slight edge for the uh for the twins the other thing the twins have gotten better about this but i feel like that their their weakness this year has often been their ability to hit lefties and the way it kind of sets up for the blue jays i i, I don't know if they're going to see as many lefties in this series as as maybe would be kind of troublesome for them so it's going to be fascinating to see but what what else do you think 
Yeah, you know, the one thing that I think gives the Blue Jays an edge here and why I think they match up well with the Twins, you know, you mentioned this Twins offense. And, and to be fair, a lot of these guys who came up midseason really gave them a boost. Edward Julian, Matt Walner, Royce Lewis, who health, whose health status we have to kind of see what that is going to look like. But the Twins struck out more than any other team in Major League Baseball this year. This is a very, very, very whiff-heavy team. And the Blue Jays had the second most strikeouts as a pitching staff this year. So this is a Blue Jays team that strikes out a ton of hitters against a lineup that strikes out a lot as well. And that's a matchup for me that I do think gives the Blue Jays an edge. Um, so, I, you know, that's a big reason why I'm going Blue Jays. I do want to ask you, though, independent, you're picking the Twins to win the series. So obviously you're picking them to win a game and end this streak of no postseason yeah. victory since 2004. Yeah, I mean, they're at home. I, again, anything can happen over two or three games, but... It would stand to reason that this year is the year the Twins should win at least one postseason game. Again, if Kevin Gosman and Jose Barros go out and shove for two games and they're winless, sure, that could happen. But the Twins have been playing such good baseball since the All-Star break. They're at home. They've got plenty of good arms going themselves and Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez, or I should say Lopez and Gray for one and two. This should be the end of this uh, this crazy, crazy, crazy losing streak, but We'll see. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'll say with that is, is the Blue Jays do pile up a ton of strikeouts. They also, not that they're insanely homer prone, but they are a team that does give up some homers, which is a very much the, uh, I would say that the twins are a uh, swing big and either hit it a long way or walk back to the dugout lineup. Um, and so that'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. The twins again are a team that, that has a whole lot of guys who, uh, who have power if, again, if they make contact. And again, I got also guys who, who draw walks. Like it is a walks and homers kind of lineup, especially when you have the the Eddie Julians of the world and, and players like that. But so that's that's our second series. We'll probably have some bleed over. Like again, we may, I, I hope we don't. Now the good news is now with the, the pitch clock that does seem to, although these, these games will be longer because the commercials will be longer. The commercial loads will be longer, which does add some time to it. But we probably, barring extra innings, won't have three games going on at once, as often has been the case during wild cards in the past when you had four-hour games. But at 7 o'clock, 7.08 Eastern, we will have the D-backs at the Brewers. Now, the Brewers, something that would have seemed crazy to say, I feel like, 10 years ago, but the Brewers are old hands at this. The Brewers are a team that is now kind of a semi-perennial uh, playoff team. And they're facing a Diamondbacks team that's kind of, hey, we're back. So we have kind of, again, it feels weird to say this, but a, a, a veteran team of, of players with playoff experience versus the D-backs team, a lot of youth, a lot of uh, kind of a, a, it's already a successful season, I would say, by making it back to the postseason. But how do you see this series shaping up? Yeah, I, I will say I think one of the big keys for the Brewers here is just how this lined up for them with the D-backs having to really, it came down to the final weekend for them to clinch a playoff spot. Because instead of having to face Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly in game one, they get to face Brandon Fott, who in fairness has been much, much better since he came back up. Uh, he really, really struggled his first stint. Since he came back, he has a 4-2-4 ERA. So he's been better, but he's not Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly. And the Brewers get to counter 
near opener with Corbin Burns. So right away, they have a pretty, pretty big advantage, in, a pretty big advantage in game one. And when all you have to do is win two games in the series, you know, that that's not insignificant. Um, now the Brewers do have some pitching issues of their own in the sense that Brandon Woodruff has been ruled out for the NLDS and that's a huge loss, but you can still go Freddie Peralta in game two, who's been absolutely exceptional. This is a very, very deep rotation. We know how good this bullpen is. They're playing really well. Um, look, this is the start of the D-backs rise. This is not a team that, oh, they're here now and they'll, they'll never get back. This is a good, exciting young team with a lot of talent. But I think just with the way the matchups played out with days of rest for their starters and, and the fact that, you know, the Brewers don't have to face Gallon or Kelly in game one, they get to face Brandon Fott. Um, I, I am going to pick the Brewers for that reason, just because, again, a short series, that first game is so, so, so critical. This Brewers offense is, is just not a very good offense. We've known that. Um, they're a bottom half offense and run scored. There's a lot of holes in this lineup. There's not a lot of guys who can really hurt you, but they're comfortable playing that style of baseball. You know, close games, you know, winning two to one, three to one. They have the pitching staff to do it. I am picking the Brewers to win this series. We're in agreement on this one. Um, I'm also going to pick the Brewers. Here's the thing I'm really worried about. I don't think the Brewers have a great lineup, but obviously the pitching is quite good. The thing I'm worried about with Arizona is this D-backs lineup really tailed off in the, what I would say, the final third of the season. If you look at, I, I said August 1st, which is basically like the, it's 55 games for the Diamondbacks. In the final 55 games of the year, the Diamondbacks hit 238, 315, 374. Now, for the season, they hit significantly better that. Their overall season numbers were 253, 22, 408. So, like, they lost almost 40 points of slugging on their overall season average in the final third of the season, which just kind of summarizes to you how much they tailed off compared to what they were for the first two thirds of the season. Not really all that shocking to me, considering how young this team is, how many guys are kind of getting that first, uh, you know, first, second, third exposures to full major league seasons. But I, I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like that this is a lineup that is the one that's going to be able to beat up on what I feel like is a very, still very solid Brewers pitching staff, uh, even with, you know, losing a Woodruff. And I, I feel like that it, the way to beat Milwaukee is like, if, if you're, if you're going to get into a lot of three, two or, or four, three games with Milwaukee, I, I kind of like Milwaukee in those short yeah. series. So again, we'll see how it goes, but I, I also feel like that for whatever it's worth, I do feel like that there was a certain extent where Arizona the, the key part for this year for Arizona is getting here. You obviously want to win, but if Arizona goes 0-2 here and goes home, it's still a successful season. Whereas I will say for Milwaukee, getting bounced in the wild card round, considering what they've done in, in past years, would be a very uh, disappointing end, even if even if we'll all acknowledge the NL Central this year was not exactly uh, – uh, the, the AL East to, to put it that way, but anything else from this series that you think that we should be keeping an eye on as it begins? Yeah. I mean, just to kind of follow up with what you talked about with the D backs and their offense slumping, really the entire team, um, the second half has not been great. You know, this team went 32 and 39 after the all-star breaks, the fourth worst record in the national league post break. Whereas the brewers they're playing great baseball right now. I, I think people would be surprised if they'd heard 
Dude, if I asked you who had a higher winning percentage in the second half, the Brewers or the Braves? The Brewers are the answer. And I, I think that would be shocking to a lot of people. That I I a hundred percent believe that would be shocking to a lot of people. Um and yeah, they basically again also from August 1st, I just have August 1st up, and from August 1st on, they were 35 and 20. Uh, and and if you say in comparison, since August 1st, the final third of the season, the D-backs were 27 and 28. So we are talking about when we say not that not that teams can't flip a switch or turn it around in the playoffs. We see that happen all the time. However, if you said who which team is coming into this playing better, I, I think it's pretty clearly the Brewers. So we will see how that turns out. And that kind of then sends us to our our final series of uh of this wild card round, which is a team that I think we absolutely expected to be in the postseason, Philadelphia Phillies. Would have been kind of shocked if if last year's while uh world series uh nl representative didn't make it a lot of free agents a lot of really good talent there and then a team that i would say to their credit i don't think that a whole lot of us picked the marlins to be sitting here come postseason congratulations to them on making it but okay now that they've made it is that all there is or is there something more here kyle well, again, I, I am going to pick the Phillies to win this series, but the Marlins have been playing really, really, really good baseball here over the last month or so. Um, this is a team I think a lot of people expected to tail off, especially as the pitching injuries piled up. I mean, if you said, okay, Sandy Alcantara is going to have a bad year and finish the year on the IL, and Yuri Perez is going to finish the year on the IL, you know, you take those two things, you would say, well, there's not really a path to this team to make the postseason and not only make the postseason, but finish strong to make the postseason without those two guys for the most part. And they've done it. Um, they, they have one of the best trade deadlines of any team. When you look at just what Josh Bell and Jake Berger have given them, we've seen the lineup, you know, guys are healthy now. And, and you look at Jazz Chisholm and Jesus Sanchez are playing well. Brian De La Cruz has, has been solid. Jorge Soler had a bounce back here. And we all know Luis Arise is a stud. So, this offense isn't as bad as I think sometimes it's made out to be. Look, Jesus Lazardo and Braxton Garrett were both really, really, really good this year from the left side. And I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for the Phillies because, again, the Phillies have plenty of guys who can hurt you right-handed, left-handed, you know, every which way. But, look, Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper are two very, very, very big parts of this lineup. They are lefties. And, and this is a Marlins team that is very lefty-heavy. You look at Lazardi, you look at Garrett. In the bullpen, you have A.J. Puck, you have Tanner Scott, you have Andrew Nardi. So I, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I am picking the Phillies here, but I think it would be a mistake to completely dismiss the Marlins outright, independent of, oh, it's a short series, anything can happen. They're playing really good baseball. I think the lineup as constituted right now is better than what their overall season numbers look like. And again, they've got some fire breathers from the left side who can shut down lineups. It, if you said to me that the dust clears tonight and we go, wow, and we're talking tomorrow about Jesus Luzardo having just a dominating outing, that's absolutely possible. Crazy part of this is we, we you may forget, like Jesus Luzardo has postseason experience. <laughs> He's appeared in postseasons in two different seasons he worked out of the pen for the A's in 2019 and made two starts. They didn't go well, but made two starts for the A's in the postseason in 2020. This is 
still feels young to me, but I'm old. But like, it's this is not a guy who you say, oh, this is going to be his first exposure to this. No, he's he's done this before, and he's he's had a very good year, as you said. It's a good matchup for them. Braxton Garrett is also the the Marlins have pitchers going in this series. Any one of whom, not that the Phillies don't as well, but any one of whom could have that outing where you're like, oh, they they kind of took charge tonight. They handed it over to the bullpen with a lead going pretty reasonably deep in the game. This is, yeah, I'm also going with the Phillies. I agree with you. I do think that this Phillies team is one that, as we saw last year, is constructed to be quite good this time of the year. When you look at, you said, the Marlins are better than what their record shows. I think we can also say that with the Phillies in a lot of ways because, one, they didn't have Bryce Harper for a long time. Two, they had someone who wore Trey Turner on the uniform, but like, <laughs> but, but wasn't Trey Turner for a long time. And now it seems like we have, we have, we have found the, the real Trey Turner and he's back in this lineup. So you, you put all that together and this team does look more now, like what it looked like last year come this time of year. So I'm going to pick the Phillies, but at the same time, it's what's great about the wild card, not just three game series, but these are teams where I don't feel like there's anyone here, even with the fact that we have an 84 win teams, you know, in the postseason things like that. There's no one here where I look at this and say, how did this team get in? Like, these are all teams where I feel like these are legitimately teams. It's like, okay, I feel like they could make noise in the postseason. And one other factor here, again, I'm picking the Phillies. We talk about great pitching staffs. You know, one-two punch of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola is pretty excellent, although Nola hasn't been his normal self this year. And, and the Phillies also go four deep. You have Ranger Suarez. You have Tywin Walker. But the Marlins have played the Phillies tough this year. The Marlins went seven and six against the Phillies this year. The Marlins won the season series. Um, again, I, I think this one has a chance to be closer than maybe you, you just assume on paper. Again, this Phillies lineup is relentless. As you mentioned, Trey Turner has been absolutely on fire the last two months, especially you have Bryce Harper back. This is a team, you know, built for the postseason. By the way, their bullpen's been been pretty solid. That's been an issue in years past, but uh, was pretty good down the stretch, especially. So, again, the Phillies are the defending NL champs. They know what it's like to be here. They are the better team. But I, I wouldn't consider it this shocking oh my god how did this happen well it had to have been a small sample size fluke if the marlins win this series again the marlins won the season series between these two teams last this year the marlins lineup is is better now than what their season stats will show because they're healthy and, and they've been strengthened by their deadline additions and again lizardo and and garrett can bring it those are two really good young lefties and edward cabrera is a flamethrower as well if he gets into game three so I think the Marlins have a better chance than most people might give them for, even though I'm picking the Phillies. And I think if we're looking at like an upset watch of a series, this is the one. Let me put it this way. I think it's more likely the Marlins beat the Phillies than I do the D-backs beat the Brewers. The other thing I would say with this is to kind of tie into what we're talking about, lefties, 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 is uh, Tanner Scott being a weapon out of yeah. the uh, the Marlins bullpen here. Yeah. As a lefty who, speaking of, can really bring it. Another guy... Give the Marlins, give Kim Ang, give Skip Schubacher, give them all a lot of credit because I do feel like that this is the team more than pretty much anyone else in the postseason where I look at it and say, we were doing this podcast yesterday and we're looking at this Cardinals lineup and we're still saying like, 
how did this team win 71 games? A team with Goldschmidt and Arenado and Contreras and Nolan, Nolan Gorman having a good year. And, you know, we just kept going, kept going, kept going. The Marlins is the flip side of that. Like, to their credit, this is a good rotation. But, like, when we mention a, a Jesus Luzardo, that was a bargain basement acquisition. That was not, oh, we're going to trade you the house to get this young pitcher. That was, we're willing to take this guy who hasn't really seemed to work out in Oakland and turn him around. We look at Tanner Scott, but Tanner Scott was a guy that the Orioles were like, well, we're hoping to see it kind of click and it never really clicked. And to the Marlins credit, it's clicked. Jake Berger was not viewed as, oh, this is a massive uh, trade acquisition at the deadline. And here he is. Like even a guy like Xavier Edwards, who the Rays don't trade a whole lot of guys. He's going to be a bench guy. I would imagine this series, but he's a useful bench guy because he doesn't strike out and he can run and he can play a lot of positions where you might see him come up in a, in a useful situation at some point in the, uh, in, in this three game series, there's a lot here to enjoy. Um, again, we have, yes, again. we're going to have at least eight games, but hopefully maybe 12 to really enjoy in this wild card round. Unless you're a fan of one of these teams, which I guess right. you're like saying, I don't want 12. I want, I want my team to sweep as baseball fans. I just want 12. Um, but anything else that like it, the other thing that obviously is important from that standpoint is now we have a wild card round. We've had a couple of years, but the difference being also, if you are a, uh, a team that got a buy, I'm guessing that you're really, really, really hoping for best of threes to go three games because you will be set up. You will have your uh, rotations aligned and you hope that everyone else that you're facing doesn't. JJ, one question I want to ask you is, because mm-hmm. we're going to make our picks for who's going to win the whole thing, but as we saw last year, the Phillies were the sixth seed. They made it from the wild card round to the World Series. Which team, if someone makes it from the wild card round to the World Series, which team is it going to be for you? That's a good question. I'm actually probably going to uh, boringly say the Phillies. Um, I would. I thought about the Rays as well, um, but I do look at the Phillies and say the way they're constructed, the way they're playing now, the way they've gotten everyone healthy. They they showed that they could do it last year. I, I would say this: if the Phillies end up having to face off against the Dodgers or the Braves, there's not going to be any aspect of them where they look at it and say, "Oh." We're just out. We're we're just out. We don't have the talent to compete. Or oh, we don't. They're gonna they're gonna go into it as hey, we're the we're the NL champs. You got to come through us rather than the other way around. What about for you? Yeah, well, you know, like I said, the Phillies were a six seed last year. I'll, I'll pick another six seed this year. I, I do think the Phillies are a great answer, and and I'm just you know picking someone to be a little bit different. Um, but I'll go with the Blue Jays. You know, the American League is wide open this year, and I look at the Blue Jays and. They're the team with the pitching staff right now in the American League that is probably the deepest and you feel best about just in terms of one through four. And that's a huge, huge, huge advantage. You know, once you start getting into potentially an ALCS and a World Series, if they get there especially, they're going to have the edge, you know, not just, you know, they'll be one and two, they can match up with anyone. In games three and four, more often than not, they're going to have the starting pitching edge. I think that's huge. And Look, a lot of guys in this lineup have underwhelmed this year. There's no two ways about it. Um, but you know the damage they're capable of. Like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was just 
very kind of okay this year. Not great, but you know he's capable of getting hot and, and really, really doing some damage. You know, again, Dalton Varsho, same deal. It was not great this year. That that was not the kind of acquisition offensively the Blue Jays hoped for. Defensively, he was, but you know what he's capable of. George Springer falls into this as well. Um, I, I think it's just a really good outfield defense. It's a really good pitching staff. I can see it all clicking for them in a way it clicked for the Phillies last year where, you know, guys got hot and they kind of rode the momentum and, and there was talent there that, you know, maybe during the season hadn't performed to the level expected, but, you know, guys came up big at the right time. So out of kind of this whole wild card group, the Blue Jays are the team to me that could be kind of that sleeper in the way the Phillies were last year. I will also say, like, I do think that this Twins team is is kind of also, like, has a chance to be, I don't think they're going to go to the World Series, but I think they have a chance to go deeper into the, uh, in you know, AL Championship Series even maybe. Like, you look at them, and you see the record, and the record does stand out. 87 wins. It's like, okay, so they were the best in a bad division. Obviously, we had a more balanced schedule this year, so it's not a case of they won 87 games because all they did was beat the White Sox and uh, Royals all year. But the other thing about it is, is when you look at run differential, which I think has value, but at the same time also can be the indicator of a team that with a lot of offense and a bad bullpen, but one plus 119, um, you know, they were a team that when you look at run differential could have easily been a 91, 92, 93, 94 win team if they'd have, if it all kind of had fallen a little better together, same way that we talk about the Rangers at plus 165, like these are teams that that showed during the season, again, that they had the offense to really pummel someone if they got a chance. Now, I, I do think run differential also does kind of reward the teams who who don't have the worst uh, back of the bullpens, like the, the last guys are still able to get do something and your lineups can put up 20 against a, a bad team. But I think that those are kind of notable to watch in comparison, by the way, when we talk about the Diamondbacks, negative 15. So, just to just to kind of put a little reminder there that there's there are some pretty good differences here. Okay, so now to wrap this up, we just talked about the wild card round, but who is your pick to make it out of the AL and then who is your pick to make it out of the NL? Well, I picked the Braves before the season to reach the World Series and win the World Series. And I see no reason to jump off of that pick right now. Obviously, the starting pitching situation is is a little concerning. Um, we have to see what Max Fried is able to give them when he comes back from his blister injury. And look, as you mentioned right now, you have Spencer Strider, who you feel good about. But um, Bryce Elder has really struggled recently. And Kyle Wright has not been very good since he came back off uh, the IL. So... They only really have one starter right now. You feel great putting on the mound, but um, this offense is so good. Again, we'll see if Freed comes back and is able to be himself. And maybe in later rounds, we'll see what Charlie Morton is able to do if he's able to make it back. I just, again, this is the best team in baseball. Uh, they have been all year, and I'm not going to jump off of that pick. In terms of the American League, we've talked about it being wide open. Um, you know, I know I talked about the Blue Jays obviously being, you know, my, my sleeper pick, if you will. I, I still look at this Rangers team and just how much talent there is and and think intuitively and instinctively, I should say, that they're going to be the team to come out of the American League. Um, yeah, I, I'll go Braves-Rangers, but again, I, I feel pretty good about that NL pick, that AL pick. It's, it's so up in the air. Just, again, the Rangers, the way they finished is concerning. 
and we have to talk about the Astros, right? I mean, these are the defending champions. The, this is the team that won the AOS. They finished, you know, strong the final weekend, although they definitely had some mystifying losses leading up to that. Yeah, I, again, I'll go Braves Rangers, but um, there's a lot less confidence behind that AL pick than there is the NL pick. What about you, JJ? So my preseason was Braves over Astros, and so I still could stick with that. Um, I am still going to stick with the Braves, um, like you. Like I'm, it's not as confident. Like if everyone was healthy in this rotation for the Braves, I would be like Braves because I do think that the Dodgers rotation issues are even more significant than the Braves. Um, and I do think that the Braves lineup is just absurd. Like when we talk about lineups that can hurt you one through nine, that lineup is the lineup and <laughs> that could hurt you one through nine. And it's like, please just like that, that inning. Okay. To give an example, Braves fans will remember the Braves were on the receiving end of one of those innings. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago now. How many years ago was it? But there was how many years ago was that? It was uh that was 2019, the Cardinals Braves NLDS. Game five. Uh yeah. So like that they, they've been on the receiving end of that. If you said to me what team is most likely to do that to someone in this postseason, it is the Braves. On the AL side, I'm gonna say Orioles. I am I do think when you look at not just the quality of how good they've been all year, but to their credit, I feel like that their rotation now, which was the one giant question I had, felt good about the lineup. They play great defense. I do think in the postseason, defense does matter, you know, even a little bit more than it does in the regular season. And this is a team that plays really good defense, which I think is going to be important. But on top of that, I look at this rotation now and I'll go, I would have said coming into the year, it's like, oh, I, well, you have Kyle Bradish on the mound or you have Grayson Rodriguez on the mound and go, yeah, I feel really good. But I think at this point where they are, you do feel really good about that. And so I'm going to say in a AL that I feel is very wide open, obviously maybe the Astros flip the switch and they're back to being the Astros or maybe the Rangers pummel everyone or you know, we could go down the list. I can make cases for almost all of these teams. But I do think that, that the Orioles, uh, obviously having the buy is nice for one because it means you got to win two series, not three. Always easier to, to to pick that. But I do think that this team is legitimately good, not just a team that's on the rise. I think it's a team that's legitimately excellent. Yeah, I mean, you look at what pitchers had the lowest ERA after the All-Star break. Kyle Bradis had the lowest ERA in the American League, even ahead of Garrett Cole post-All-Star break. Grayson Rodriguez had the third lowest ERA in the American League after the All-Star break behind only Radish and Cole. And oh, by the way, just a little bit further down this list is Dean Kramer. He had one of the 15 lowest ERAs post-All-Star break. And then you look at John Means, you know, who I think, you know, we need to remember was one of the better young pitchers in the major leagues when he got hurt. And we see a lot of times guys that have Tommy John surgery it's the second year back that they start to resemble their former selves. And that first year back's a little rough. Again, it was only four starts. He's not missing many bats at all, but he's been effective at a 266 ERA and four starts. So all of a sudden, this Orioles rotation looks pretty good. If anything, the bullpen is the question because they had a lot of innings put on them early. 
And we're starting to see the effects. Felix Batista obviously uh, got hurt, had Tommy John surgery. He's out. You know, Yannir Cano had a great rookie season overall, but he really, really tired down the stretch and was not as good late as he was to start the season. So there are some bullpen questions here, but but you're right. This rotation has been pitching really, really, really well and looks formidable when that was the question mark. Again, not just going into this year. You could argue at the All-Star break. You were like, yeah, they're doing great, but who the heck is going to start games, you know, one, two, three, and four in the postseason where you feel good about it? Now they all are pitching well enough. You feel pretty good about it. So they're going to be fun to watch. And I will say Camden Yards um, is a great atmosphere. When, when things are rolling, it's been a really, really, really enjoyable team to watch. The fans have embraced them this year. Uh, it's going to be really fun watching Camden Yards filled to the brim. And I think that's going to be one of the best postseason environments we see this year. One last thing that I wanted to bring up is, is that I'm going to be interested to watch. We love prospects here. We love young players. And I feel like that there are a number of players here who in a lot of cases have very short MLB resumes right now, but could make impacts in this postseason. Um, the easiest one for me to highlight on that would be Evan Carter because he had, he did have a month and he had a really good month. He kind of filled a need for the uh, Rangers kind of stepped up and and did that and is going to be, I, I think a, a, a very useful part of their, their postseason lineup. Orion Kirkering like is another guy who I think he has three MLB innings under his belt. But like, if you told me who could be the 2002 K rod of this postseason, wouldn't be crazy to see like talent is talent and he has legitimate stuff. He has something that every level that he was at this year, we, we kept hearing really good things. And he's shown that in the big leagues as well in his very, very brief uh, few appearances. So like, that's the guy, but, Obviously, the other one I want to bring up is Junior Caminero, who is on that Rays roster and had a nice, like after like a couple of games of getting settled, like, you know, did have a, a very nice little finish to a very brief time in the majors, but bat speed, power, you know, and and very much improving uh, bat to ball skills. This is a guy who I, I just running the numbers. If you look at from August one on in the minors, he hit 15 homers while striking out at a 13% rate. Guys don't hit 15 homers while striking out at a 13% rate. Like you look at his overall strikeout rate this year, it was very good, 19.6% in the minors. But when you look at what he did in the second half, you really did see that his talent just got better and better. He was just, he was catching up. His skills improved as he went along. Three guys to me that are interesting to watch from a young players who could stand out perspective. Anything else before we wrap up that you want to look at? Yeah, well, I'll make my young player picks. You know, Kirkering was was my pick, like you said, 2002 K-Rod. Um, I'm looking at some of these pitchers on the Dodgers. You know you're probably going to start Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, one, two, three. But, you know, game four, they're going to have options. And, and Ryan Pepio has pitched very, very, very well since he came off the injury list. I, I think he deserves more attention than he's been getting. I'm going to be curious to see how the Dodgers play a potential game four. Do they, you know, piggyback Pepio and Ryan Yarborough in some way? Um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. And, and kind of along this line, Emmett Sheehan, he's, again, a lot of young pitchers. They come up, they struggle their first time through, they go back down, they work on some things. He's been very, very good since he came back up as well. So I'm going to be really curious to see how the Dodgers utilize Ryan Pepio and Emmett Sheehan 
Um, and it would not surprise me if one or both of them had some big, big, big outings for this team, whether it's in a starting role, whether it's in a bulk innings role, whether it's even in, hey, you know, just the way that things have shaken out, our bullpen is gas. We need one of you to come in and, and take down the eighth or something, and, and they come in with a huge inning. Um, I can see that happening. So I'll, I'll be looking at Pepio and Sheehan in particular for the Dodgers. Again, not quite like these other guys. They have larger samples, but um, both have shown the ability to impact a game, especially recently. And I think the Dodgers are certainly going to need them given the state of their rotation right now. I completely agree. It's going to be fun. It starts today. We're wrapping this up so that you can get this and be listening to this, hopefully even before the postseason starts or during your, your, your first few games today here on Tuesday. For Kyle, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.